Nation, Performa Heroes, what's going on? Welcome to the Performa Popcast, P-O-P-C-A-S-T, Popcast. You're welcome. Um, I'm your host, comedian Peter Sirs. And uh, by the way, you guys, if you're listening, just thank you. We appreciate you listening. Uh, my guest today, so this podcast is fun because one, um, I'm able to meet some really cool people that I've interviewed so far. And then two, I can introduce the Performa Nation to some of the people that I know personally. And so um, our next guest, I have known her, oh my goodness, four years, at least probably five years, maybe. Would you a say? Little more because I didn't have a baby by the time we met. So Really? Probably closer to five or six. Okay. Wow. That's, yeah, you, you know, you're probably right. Um, and uh, so we'll, we'll just give, uh, so she, my, my guest today is Elizabeth, wait, it's Weikert. Yeah, Weikert. Why? Why would you do that, yeah. Kurt? <laughs> um, Elizabeth Weikert. She is known on the internet as the golden unicorn, as uh, her fans have called her. Uh, she's a comedian, friend of mine, but she's also content creator. Uh, I know you don't say writer, but you are a writer. Like, even, like, I don't think of myself as a writer, but we're writers too, you know? Yeah, uh, totally content creator, writer, comedian, actor. Um, she spent the last year in quarantine, like a lot of us, but she took it a different level. She's dancing on the sidewalks in her golden leotard. She's dancing all over. She's dancing in front of banks and in neighborhoods. And then you, it, part of what's funny is just seeing people like in the background that are just like, what is going on? Uh, and uh, she's a mom, which is also awesome that we'll get into as well. And uh, ironically, she is Stacy's mom. So uh, that's exciting. Yeah, her daughter is named Stacy, which makes her Stacy's mom. Um, she recently has relocated to uh, her home state of Missouri. Yes, as you know, a lot of us have been kind of, I don't want to say displaced, but you know, during this, we've all kind of, I know I have so many people that have gone all over the place. Um, and anyway, uh, she is, can I say TikTok famous? Because that's I like mean, a- people yeah, people started calling me TikTok famous when I had like 10,000 followers. I'm like, guys, no, I'm just like rising. But I appreciate that mantra because I was like, eh, it kind of manifested into it. I feel pretty yeah. cool. So you have now, the last time we, like, it was over like 250,000 followers on TikTok. Yeah, and I have so a few viral videos going on right over the past week. So it popped up an extra like over 10,000 in the past week. So I think I'm at 265. I don't know. It's kind of growing That's right now, which is crazy. Like, crazy. Somebody, and then you somebody said a quarter of a million. And that like, I was like, oh my gosh, that's yeah. insane. And, and, then the, and because of that, it's obviously translated to your Instagram growing as well. And so you're over like, you're like 23,000 or something now, right? Yeah. I haven't checked Instagram today, but, and then That's... I've been posting on the reels there and people go over. Yeah. It's crazy. So anyway, so my guest today, Elizabeth Weikert. Hello, friend. Hello. We are actually, I mean, we're only like five hours away from each other right now, give or take, I think. Yeah, I've driven to Oklahoma City before and uh, for yeah. sure, show is going to happen. I'm so excited. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to do this before, our, before I get out of here. Um, okay, so let's just start from the beginning. Um, you're from Missouri, right? Yes, originally I'm, from, I'm living in the city almost like the next city over that I grew up from okay like and the then city. and then you moved to LA when uh 2013 
2013. Okay, yeah, so I met you when you were very kind of newer to LA. Yeah, I was super new in stand-up. A couple of years. Um, and then obviously acting, doing all your things. And then now with the pandemic and whatnot, you have went back to Missouri just to be close to family and stuff, right? Yeah, just um, uh, take advantage. I mean, California won't open, so in your family. <laughs> Yeah, that's, I mean, that's basically what, that's basically me right now. You know, it's like, I love it. It's for me, it's home, but I'm, it's home. It's home. It's always going to be home, but it's not what it is. So like to be there right now is to be like, almost like you're romanticizing the old days kind of, yeah, right? A hundred percent on that one. Yeah. Yes. And then, and then for you, you know, someone who's obviously now TikTok famous, like you can kind of do what you do from anywhere. Yeah. That's kind of the nice sweet point of it all is like literally everything I do is online. And then with acting, it's like you do self tapes and submit them in. And now I got my fully vaccinated. I got my second one today. Oh, I got my first shot yesterday, actually. Nice. Well, when they, people hear this, I will be fully vaccinated, but yeah, I got my second, my first shot. I it's felt like great. You get, yeah, <coughs> like you get all the vaccines and then it's cool to travel. I don't think self tapes and self submissions are going to end anytime soon. I hope they don't. I love them. <laughs> it's, I mean, because, okay, so for those of you guys, uh, so I don't know how long, as long as I've known you, you've lived in Orange County. Yeah, right? I've stayed in the same apartment complex the whole eight years I was there. Okay, so, it's, it's you know, crazy moving. So where, where Elizabeth, uh, lived in relation to LA 30 miles without traffic. Yeah. Right. Um, so, but the point that I was going to make was like, uh, when you have auditions, right. And you have to go in person. Cause I, 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 I was living for, for a few years down at, at, by the, in Hermosa beach. And so that's only like 15 miles from actual like Hollywood, but it might take me you know, an hour, an hour and a half to get there, an hour, an hour and a half to get back. And so you're driving from Brea to auditions. That's at least an hour, if not more, you know, so you're taking away three or four hours of your day to go to an audition that you may or may not get, obviously. Um, but with self-tape is like, all right, well, now I'm going to go in my living room or my, my, my studio in the other room and, you know, turn my lights on and boom, like, I don't have to go anywhere. It's great. I know it's amazing. However, I did fully take advantage of those car rides because you get an hour to prepare. <laughs> like, no, for, I mean, for sure. The last minute. Right. That is true. That is true. And yeah, I do find that sometimes like if I get a self tape, I'm like, okay, well, I have plenty of time because I just got to go into the room and record it and whatever. Uh, but okay. So let's just talk. So you, you uh, let's talk about how you have transformed into this internet personality uh so elizabeth like i said she does these these uh song and dance routines that you come up with um some are remixes right some are original songs and you dance in basically like a gold leotard that's a right? pretty good summary yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh i i it, i mean obviously when you started doing these you had no idea what they were going to become and what they will become because by the time people hear this they might be even bigger than what it is right now right uh, your point yep so what was like was it 
because for me like as some you know as a comedian and whatnot like i will just something will come to me i'm like oh i'll film this and then it's bam so for you was it like that or did you have like this brainstorming session where like oh i'm gonna start doing this video these types of videos or was it just like you did it on a whim and then people liked it and you're like oh i should do that again and grow from there yeah, definitely a whim because I just kind of randomly wear leotards and stuff in <laughs> public and I make weird workout videos. I've done that since high school. And so I don't know why I have an infatuation with the 80s and then just leotards. But I got this gold one because the Chiefs made it to the Super Bowl and I made a parody and I bought the leotard for it. And then I just right. had it sitting there and I just one day was like, I'm going to wear this in, in public and do a video. And then I took a trending song and I did a target. And then I did another trending thing where you like go up the stairs, you do like the shuffle up the stairs. And so I did the shuffle up the stairs in the leotard. And that one, like for my content, because I think I only had like 4,000 followers at the time, um, which I say only because to me, 4,000 was insane because I didn't have yeah. any other platform. And uh, that video took off where it got about a half a million views. So I was like, oh, my gosh, it went viral. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm just going to keep wearing this thing. Uh, <laughs> I just, you know, it took over my life after that point. And this was like right at the beginning of COVID, give or take, yeah. right? It like was like, I think I posted that video at like two weeks before. Like it was okay. end of February, early March. And then when it start when the pandemic happened i started teaching my fitness classes that i was teaching at the gym i started teaching them from home and on saturdays i would do fun outfit saturday and so i teach my class in the morning and then i had like a funny outfit whether it was the gold leotard or some other 80s leotard or spandex extraordinaire i don't know or something interesting and i was like well i'm in this i might as well do one of those tiktok dances and then I was like, well, if I'm going to do a TikTok dance and learn this choreo, I might as well do it on the street because I'm sure if people are driving by, they're probably an essential worker. So their life, you know, probably stinks and they're probably scared. And maybe they would like for one second to not think about the fact that we're in a giant pandemic. And so I did it outside and I would just like wave to people after I was done. I'm like, hello, hello. And I do like weird things just for the people driving by that never got recorded. And uh uh, yeah, that was kind of how the street stuff happened. I would do it once a week. And then I was just like, well, this is pretty funny. And so I started doing it more. <laughs> you were, I mean, cause you were doing them like, you're doing them like in the mall and like at shopping centers and then like in your neighborhood. And it's just like, obviously there are people, you know, like anywhere in LA, anywhere, I mean, really anywhere for that matter. If you've got like a camera or a phone and you're filming, like people are going to be like, oh, like what's going on and so for you to do that um <laughs> with this i just i'm just picturing people be like what the fuck is going on right now <laughs> like because it, it's normal to see people doing that but like you're obviously dressed up and so they're like well wait like what's going on like is there is there like is there like a camera crew also like nearby like what's you know what i mean like it's got to be odd for people like passerby passer buyers i guess that's the word <laughs> literally everyone is like eyes on me when I'm walking up and my husband always films everything everyone's looking at me as soon as the camera's on everyone's like, <laughs> like they don't want to get caught on camera right. judging me like everyone in California is afraid of being judged or like being that person they're like I'm not gonna be a Karen today I'm gonna look away 
And uh, that's always the like the main comment is like, how is everyone just like ignoring you? And I'm like, they don't. It's only right. the cameras on that they're <laughs> like. So your husband, that, 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 that's I want. I'm glad you mentioned that because I was like, I wanted. To, your husband is the one that films all of these. Like ninety percent of everything. There's a few when I've done hiking. I went hiking with one friend during quarantine, and I did a lot of parkour stuff with her. Uh-huh. Like, you know, the office parkour, not real parkour. <laughs> right and uh she would film those but everything else is my husband is that, yeah. is that the one where you did like it was like lady gaga like when you're out like oh, in yeah. like in the mountains or something <laughs> like yeah. so random i'm like where the fuck is she like where was that anyway that was like right outside of brea is like a little path like I oh okay carbon canyon or something oh yeah yeah but it was yeah. the most desolate thing i could find that was like similar to her music video that music right. video came out and i was like well, I got to parody that. And I already yeah. had a leotard. So I ordered the wig before like everything shut down because I was like, oh, it's going to take forever. So I ordered the wig. I'm like, OK, I got to do this. This would be funny. <laughs> yeah, because you do like like I mentioned in the intro, you do some original pieces, but then you also do parodies. Yeah. And so ha- when <laughs> when you do parodies, are you like because uh, I, I don't know, like is there like a music sample that you're taking or is that something that you do or that someone that you know does or like I, I have no idea how you do that? Um, normally for writing a parody, you can find, I have to really search YouTube of who has created the backtrack that is like- That you can use. use. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Some that it's like the karaoke versions, like it can't, they don't sound good. And so you have to find one that sounds good. And then they also have to have a release on it so you can use it. Got and, it. And um, so it's a lot of YouTube searching for that. And then I just, you know, make up all the lyrics. I have had right. to one person, but they created, cause it was, it was technically like a parody of a concept of kind of like the cha-cha slide or the, you know, Cupid shuffle kind of esque. And I was like, it's not the same. It was an original song. Um, I go, but I want that vibe of that kind of like to the left, to the left, but it wasn't the same. So that one was like, I had to custom somebody to like make something new for me. Oh, okay. Uh, it's a whole thing. It's a lot. <laughs> so, so like uh, with your husband, cause so I'm assuming your husband's working from home also. Yeah. He's worked from home since that's his, he's always worked from home. Oh, so this is nothing new for him. No, our life, like as far as day-to-day practices didn't change too much. I just like, you know, I couldn't go to comedy clubs. So it's like, and doing improv and going to acting classes. It was like, I missed all of those activities, but our home life was pretty similar. Okay. So is it like, uh, you call, you're like, okay, on Tuesday at two, we're going to do this video. Or is it like, hey, get out of the couch. We got to go do this video right now. <laughs> it's like both. We schedule some, but if I get an idea, I'm like, I'm putting on the leotard. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> um, and what is your, your daughter's what, like seven now? Oh, no, she's four. Four. Why did I think she was seven? No. Yeah, we did the math. Uh, what does she know about this? Um, She thinks I'm a superhero, I think. <laughs> uh, when she so she's four now and when she was i started doing this when she was three and she's like mom is a superhero i want to be a superhero too and so she'd like dress up sometimes she calls me a princess she does know i wrote a lot of original like clips of songs during the pandemic they were based off of a facebook meme where it was like this is your quarantine debut song 
And then on your birthday and your birth month, it gives you a song title and a featuring artist. So I was like, these are funny. I should make these into clips. And then my daughter started know those, knowing those as play mama's songs, play mama's video songs. And so she would like request video songs. So oh. that's kind okay. of what she kn- I think she's still kind of confused about what I do, but she just yeah. knows I make videos, which also is kind of a weird thing to say. It's like my mom makes videos. I'm it's going to be weird when she starts interacting with more kids and then the kids like know who you are. Yeah. Probably. Like your mom's the unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> like that's, like that's that's like the older age because i'm like i know a lot of younger kids think i'm cool but i'm like once it starts getting like probably past like nine that's when kids are starting to get like they understand and then they get embarrassed right like god damn it mom why you got to put on that stupid leotard again You're, and at that point you'll be like hey this leotard bought this house dude shut up yeah, right <laughs> <laughs> um okay so obviously you're making great videos during quarantine, uh, I like to ask people, like, did you find yourself binge watching or watching things during quarantine that maybe uh, you wouldn't have watched, obviously, when we weren't in a pandemic and we had to be home? Um, I definitely watched Tiger King, for sure. Oh, hello. <laughs> hello. I think everyone had to. I mean, Carol Baskins. Uh, but I, I tell people this all the time. So like right now I'm in Oklahoma City. So it's, you know, it's a city. It's normal. Um, but like, you know, when I was on the actual farm in the summertime, um, that like the people in that area, that's more like what the Tiger King type, like what people think of like Tiger King and like what they think of Oklahoma that's like where my girlfriend's from. Yeah. That's not an exaggeration. Like I met, aside from the gay thing, like a million Joe, Joe exotics last summer. <laughs> I know. How forward is he? Like with, I was, whenever like that kind of played it, I was like, well, look at him. Good for him. Cause you know, it's like, it's pretty much just country style. Yeah. I was like, I feel like at home watching this show. <laughs> it's really, but it was really weird how like, cause there's a lot of, I don't think I'm going on a limb by saying this, but they may not be vocal about it, but there's a lot of homophobia in those parts. <laughs> oh, they're vocal about it in our neck of the yeah, world. Yeah, well, I, thought, like, I was in high school. Yeah, yeah, like some of them will be like, well, I don't think, you know, so to for him to be so accepted in those parts is odd because he was so, or he is so like out there. Um so that was really interesting to me to see that kind of like, especially like uh, <laughs> when he did like, he had, he was running for governor. <laughs> He's like, I'm Joe Exotic. I'm gay as shit. I'm broke as shit. <laughs> you're just like, what, dude? <laughs> I'm broke. Uh, you're like, I like guns. You're like, okay, well, you got them there. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's okay. So you watch Tiger King. Yeah, I tried watching some of the other trending shows and I wasn't like a super fan of like the love is blind. I was like, this is stupid. Um, I did. Was... I binged Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I had never watched that show. Oh, hilarious. And I watched the whole thing. Oh, it's so funny. I'm yeah. rewatching it again because it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, it's very. They, they. That's like it's weird because now with, you know, the landscape of television and entertainment, like, you know, I feel like that's a show like 
in like the 90s or whatever, even like 2000s, like people would be at home when that show came on, you know, because it's so funny. But now it's just like, are you ever at home to watch a show like when it actually airs? I'm not. How crazy is that to think that like there was a time I was talking about how I remember watching the very first SpongeBob SquarePants episode because I was uh-huh. 10 and it was moving day. And we were like happened to be moving that day and somebody like kind of an adult kind of gave me a side eye of why aren't you helping? And I'm like, I had been working like all morning. I was up early, like helping move. And I'm like, I am taking this break so I can watch this show because in the day, like if you missed it, you missed it. Yeah. You would just have to hope they did a rerun, but you never know when it would be. I'm like, this show looks bomb and I'm not going to miss it. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you could. I thought that there's no. You could like. You could, like, I mean, I'm old enough to have had a VCR and you could program it, but sometimes like, you know, just stuff happened. You're like, wait, why did it record the game instead? Or like, it wasn't like, I mean, I didn't get like a DVR until like 05 or something. And then it was like, okay, well now I can at least tape, you know, DVR what I want to watch and it'll be ready when I get off work, but I would still watch it like probably that day or like there was something about watching a show like the day of. And then now it's just like, I mean, I, (laughs) yeah. However, I cannot, um, I cannot sleep at night nor get my day started unless I watch Nancy Drew on Wednesdays. (laughs) It it is what it is, man. I'm I love that fucking show, dude. I don't know why. It's is this is this in your stand up? Because I'm just imagining this with your Justin Timberlake and your InSync and all of that. And I'm, like, I'm this is just on par with you. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna figure out a way to to incorporate it. But I just love that show. And so like it's on on Wednesdays. And so like I'll come home and then like this past Wednesday I did I did uh, the comedy club here, and then I came home and then the Dodgers were on. So I had to watch the Dodgers, of course, and then I watched Nancy Drew. So I didn't go to bed till like one o'clock in the morning because I had to see what happened with Nancy Drew because like I follow all of them on like in, on like Twitter and Instagram. And then, you know, like a lot of them post like when stuff happens on the show, like they'll tweet about it. I'm like, hey, not everyone's watching the show in real time because we don't do that anymore. And so like I have to just know what's going on before I go. You know, have you never seen? Like, no, I've never even seen it. Uh, it's such a good so they show. Remade Nancy Drew. This isn't like Correct. old Nancy Drew. No, this is a reboot, and they're she's older now, so she's like, uh, like college age, I guess. Her and all her, it's but it's also one of those shows where like they're probably way older than they're playing. I think I feel like in the show she's supposed to be like twenty, but there's no way she's she's got to be in her. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Kennedy McCann, but I don't. I know you're a little bit older than the twenty year old that you play. She's got to be like. I don't know, 24, 25. Let's see. I'm going to look it up right now just because. That and your vampire diary. Oh, well, that's the best show ever. Okay, so yeah. So she was born in 1996. So that means she's 26, right? Yeah. Or no, 25 or going to be 25. Yeah, so that's that's about what I thought. So yeah. Uh, So yeah, on on the show, they're all like her and all her friends are college age. So how the show takes place is she became, you know, she was this famous like kid detective 
and then then she stopped i guess or maybe she kind of had it but now she's like back to like solving crimes and but there's also like a supernatural component to it like there's ghosts on there too Uh so it's like it's like murder mystery but also like there's kind of some spooky stuff like there are some moments like because especially like it's dark when the show is on I don't jump but I'm like if I was like a, a, a person that was afraid of things I'd be like oh like this is kind of racy for not like and it's just like there's ghosts and they jump out at you like there's scares on the show like I love it it's great I might need to watch it with my kid. She she started watching Goosebumps when she was like two. She was, oh, okay. Yeah, she would so love it then. weird supernatural stuff and scary things. She wanted to watch the movie The Witches with the new one. Oh, uh, the, uh, the one that... Hathaway. Wait, oh, is that, well, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I was going to say Emmy Rossum, but Anne Hathaway, oh, Emmy Rossum, yeah. same person. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's, the one, that's the one that she got scary. in trouble. Isn't that the yeah. one that she got in trouble because her hands and they were mad because... It was offensive to, I mean, not that it, I'm not going to say anything. People were pissed. People were pissed because she was wearing prosthetics on her hands and it was offensive to people that really don't have all their fingers. Oh, okay. And I'm just like, I mean. I'm also going to stay silent on that one. Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) I would like to have a career in 10 years, so I stay silent on a lot of things. Yeah. doesn't affect me in my life i'm just quiet about it that's what i've learned i just like um, i mean but I, I, I mean as a comedian like at course, what yeah. at what point can we just be like can we just like let shows entertain us or let movies and like not everything has to be like a virtue signal opportunity to raise your like i don't know man it's a lot yeah, it is. It's, it, it's hard to navigate the 2020s right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'll tell you what, though, I, I, I will say this uh, from as someone who has luckily kind of been working a little bit comedy wise, people want to laugh still, man. Yeah. And that's uh, that's my job as a comedian. Our job is to help them laugh. So I will if you see me on stage just know that i'm not gonna hold back anything when you come see me that's all i'll just that's the same i have to do my clapbacks every now and again i get known for for my clapbacks and responding to comments and stuff oh do you respond to comments yeah um, oh really i oh that was my, my that was my thing from the beginning i responded to every single comment that came on my page and the first time I went viral with that one video, I stayed up until like 3 a.m. just trying to respond to every single comment. Now I just respond to as many as I can in the first 24 hours because it's, uh-huh. it's too insane. But like for mean ones, sometimes if they keep coming at me, I'll just block them because nowadays you can get banned for stupid trolls on Twitter or on uh, TikTok. And so like if somebody hates me and they're a troll or whatever, they can like report my video or whatever. And then the next time I post, it can be under review. A lot of people who even really? are checkmark people are getting their accounts banned. It's it, like, e- even if it's just temporarily, it's like, uh-huh. it's still banned and your content is still taken down. Even if it's only for a couple hours or a few days or whatever, it's like, it's my art and there was nothing wrong with it, but you're siding with a, a troll 
So any, so I'm kind of at the point now where if uh, somebody trolls me and they're like really, really just, you can tell they're a troll, I'll immediately block them. But if it's somebody kind of saying a comment that they think that they're being funny in the comments and the creator's not going to see it, got <laughs> 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 a thing coming. Um, but I also like to do it because it's like as a comedian, I kind of, you kind of see like Ellen DeGeneres got under the fire because she's known for being Miss Positive and Miss Happy and gives away money all the time. And I'm like, Ellen DeGeneres is like the driest, kind of meanest comedian. And people forgot that because she's a talk show host. And I'm like, I'm kind of, you know, happy, go lucky. I'm very positive for sure. But I also want you to know I'm going to tell you like it is. And I don't want you to be surprised when I come at you harder than you came at me. So. Right. <laughs> I've, yeah, I've had a really hard time, like, you know, it's, it, you, for me, it's YouTube where people seem to leave like mean comments, mm -hmm. you know, when something like is trending and whatnot. Um, and it's like a part of me because like on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook, I do not argue with people. I'll just leave. I'll delete comments if I'm just like, especially if it's someone I don't know. I'm just like, OK, I don't, I'm just going to delete it. And I, don't, I just don't respond because I know that's what they want, especially if it's like a troll account. But YouTube is the one where like people will leave like really mean comments and I'll be like, okay, how do I play this? And I've been not, but every once in a while, it's like, like the thing is I was talking about it. I forget where I was talking about, but it's like, I'm literally in the, like, I will never post a video of me bombing. Okay. Not that I don't bomb because when I'm working on stuff or even sometimes when I'm not working on stuff, like I will bomb. I'm not going to post that video because obviously I don't want anyone to see that. I'm going to post a video where I'm doing well on stage and people are laughing. And then when someone goes on there and is like, that's not funny, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, there's already people laughing at it, though. <laughs> Yeah, like, those people that drives me nuts when people are like, "This is I." I get the comment, "This is why women aren't funny." Oh, uh, which well, is so even it takes it takes the trolling to the misogynistic level. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but it's those kind of comments I'll ignore because I'm just like, you yeah. know, to who to who you? I'm like, well, keep scrolling. You're on the internet. Why don't you go make up some comedy and show me how to do it then? Like, right, and and that's always my thing. It's like, I I. I, I'm already working. I, got, I already got money for that clip that you saw. Like I was literally paid for that job. So I don't care what you think, but also like, let me see your clip. Like it's, uh, go ahead and try it. I dare you. I dare you to get on stage in front of strangers and tell them whatever you think is funny and let me know how that works, right? Yeah, it's harder to clap back at people on YouTube because, um... I am a little vicious. I'm the clapback queen for a reason. I will go to your profile and I will find out the personal details about you and I will use it in my clapback. And I do it in such a beautiful way that I, I never seem like I'm being a huge dick. I am just being, you know, I'm just responding back to you. So, okay. Uh, and <laughs> but it's hard on YouTube because most of the time people on YouTube don't put out content. Right. Um, whereas like Instagram and TikTok, there's always something. <laughs> yeah. Um. What, um, let me, I'm going to, these, these are a couple hard questions. I'm going to intermix the hard and the easy ones. Um, what's, uh, what's your biggest failure and how did you learn from it? In life? Sure. Like there's, there's, uh, so 
I, I did a performance and uh, I had really high hopes and the people who were putting on and having it, uh, they had also very high hopes. And so there was a lot of uh, just a hopefulness that it was going to go a certain way. And for whatever reason, I can't go into specifics. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it didn't go that way. And um, it was just, it was really, really hard. And it was very heartbreaking. However, I also just kept going. I didn't stop. I kept in front of, in front of the, the audience, in front of the people. I didn't break until I was off. I kept it professional. I kept it positive and light and just did my thing 150%. And if anything, whenever that is like a positive, I guess, about me is whenever you kind of come at me, I kind of go a little harder. So because I figure, you know, I got nothing to lose. I'm already, you know, failing. So I might as well fail as hard as I possibly can. It can always turn around. And then as soon as I'm out of the public eye, I just like break down and cry and then just keep moving on. And even though it's like still sad afterwards, it's like, well, I'm just going to keep doing my motivational things, my mantras, my normal, my videos, my song making, whatever. Even if it's not my best work, it'll still push me to the next level until I'm clear headed again and like, you know, back to normal. So Does what's your what's what's what's. <laughs> What's your mantra? Um, I have a lot of mantras that I say daily. Huh. So that way, whenever I say them, whenever I'm in a moment. So one of them is actually, I am funny. Um, I huh. know I am funny. I'm very aware I'm a funny person. But a lot of times, whenever you have those moments of failure, like bombing on a stage, and if it's like a bigger performance and maybe have more writing on it, or like just as simple as when I did improv comedy, whether it was in person or on Zoom, I just, I, you know, I always get the little nervous jitters and I would just say, I am funny, I am funny, I am funny. And I would re-repeat that over because it would just get me back into the headspace and make sure any negative thought that tried to creep in, it was already like X'd out because I'm just like, I am funny. I'm good. Got it. So that's one of them as okay. far as comedy related. That's a good one. Uh, I feel like a lot of people have that mantra and they're not funny. I feel bad for it. <laughs> like, I, I don't believe, know. I also say, like, I am a millionaire. And if you look at my bank account, it is not a, a millionaire status. So Not I, yet. Yes, that's what I'm saying. So I say things. So maybe those I am funny people who are not funny. Maybe they're on their way. That's true. You know, maybe I mean. It could be next year or it could be 10 years. Yeah. I mean, sometimes mantras take a little bit. Yeah, some, I mean, not everyone's funny at first. You know, I get it. Uh, I was not. I mean. When you first started stand-up, did you feel like you were already, like, in it? Like, did you think you were pretty good right away? Uh, yeah, I watched the, the tape back on my first one, and it wasn't bad. It was, like, there's definitely things where I told stories, because I normally do storytelling. And yeah. I told it too long, and so I learned how to condense down. And I still learn how to do that. I'm still right. like, Same. great. I'm like, yeah, I'm good, but... Uh, there's always like some dry pockets. So you, I think you, from the get go, I was told by people, they were just like, you are much better than people who've been doing this for like a solid year on your first yeah. times. And they could what, have been being nice, but. Do you remember the first joke that you told? Uh, yeah, it's, it was my, uh, whole, uh, I still use it as an opener cause it's pretty good icebreaker is, uh, 
I, when I moved to California, I had two goals, and these were my honest-to-goodness goals I told everyone. I wanted to get tan, and I wanted to get skinny. And then <laughs> I would just kind of show my, 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 little, my little fat pockets, and I'd say, that's going really well. <laughs> and uh, uh, I think that joke worked the absolute best when I was pregnant. I did right. that joke. It was so good. I remember you um, performing. You did, we did some shows together when you were pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. That's like a thing now. You know, uh, Ali Wong recorded two specials while pregnant. And I think Christina P did hers too, pregnant. I'm pretty sure. That's like a thing now. So you might have to have another baby when you're ready yeah. to re when you're ready to record an album and time, time it out just right. Uh, okay, here's another one. Uh, who are three people who have been the most influential to you? Um, three people influential. Haven't met them. Definitely. No. Okay, cool. Yeah. G Gary V, a hundred percent. I love Gary V. Oh my gosh, he just like he's the best. Pop him on. Yeah. Um, Grant Cardone, he is. Insane. Oh really? Yeah, he's insane. And the I, ten times rule. I read that yeah, book. I tell people, you know, take what you can of pick what you choose. Of yes. Because he's kind of extreme, but yes. I personally believe that we have to have extremes to create a middle ground. So I think he's like way over here, but it makes it so I can kind of be here instead of like middle. Right. Um, so a little, so I, you know, take his words with caution, but what's the if other I'm having a loser day, I'll put him on and I'm just I, like, okay, let's go. He's got, he's got the 10 time rule. I read that book, but what's the other book that he has? That's really famous. Um, the success. I, um, I'm rereading it. I'm like, it might be even be up here or it might be on my other bookcase. It's like, uh, he's had a lot, but it yeah, like there's two. Sellers. Yeah. I forget. It's going to bother me now, but anyway, uh, one of the books talked about, and I'm, I'm pretty sure it's this one that I'm trying to think of where he was like, don't go on vacation unless you could afford to stay at five-star resorts and have all of your meals like cooked for you. And I was like, whoa, dude, <laughs> like, yeah. come on. <laughs> but it's a good, like, I get what he's saying, but he's saying, he's basically saying like, just work your well, ass off. First, your last. Yeah. Like it's that was his best time or New York. best. Time. No, that's not the one I read. Oh, all right. Man. Sorry guys. We're on real time here. I'll tell you which one it is. Grant <laughs> Cardone. Talk to our listeners. Elizabeth. <laughs> yeah, if you're not first, you're last. I read that one. I read the 10x rule first, and that one. Oh, uh, be obsessed or be average. That's the one. Oh, yeah, they're kind of. I feel like. Yeah, similar. I'm sure. I'm sure they are. Yeah, but that was the one where he was like talking about how he bought a private jet because it was able. He was able to go to more meetings if he had a private jet than if he was just flying on the commercial airlines. <laughs> I'm just like, I mean, it makes sense for what he does, but like, if you're a comedian, like a lot of shit has to go right for you to be flying on fucking private jets. <laughs> That's why I say, I'm like, you gotta, you gotta take the crazy and the extreme and then find out where you fit into it. But definitely like that kind of thing. Like, so I had taken a trip to New York just for vacation and fun it was our 10 year anniversary for my husband and i you guys have been married for 10 years oh now 11 I mean, wow that's crazy that was in 2019 it's crazy wow congratulations yeah. thank you 
And uh, but a few months prior, I had just quit my day job and we were living off savings and I was taking, you know, whatever gig and job I could get from in between there. And I was making some money and like, you know, and worked at a doing fitness and stuff. But it was like there was no guaranteed income for me. And I did that just a few months before our anniversary, but we had already really wanted to do this. But I was just, you know, there was that kind of like teeter totter, like, should we, should we not? And, but it was kind of like those craziness of Grant Cardone of being like, you know what, you need to live in the lifestyle you want. And, you know, we figured it, you know, we could have not spent that money, but it wasn't like we were putting on credit cards. We were just using savings, but it was like putting out that mindset is, I'm going to spend this money because I know it's going to come right back. Right. To me. I'm going, I deserve this trip. And it like, and I was so happy I took it. Cause a, it was like before the pandemic, it was like our last vacation before that. And then B, I just learned so much about myself while on it. And uh, yeah, it was just like that kind of mindset. I think he kind of sparks that in you of like, take risk, do things. Sometimes yeah. it doesn't work out, but you know, Overall in life, it'll come back to you. And sure right. it did. <laughs> I like the t- I like the 10 time rule. Like that one for me makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And that's basically like, you know, if you want to make a hundred thousand dollars, what you should a year or whatever, you should actually aim for a million dollars. Because if you try for, if you try for a hundred and you don't get it, then you're making way less, obviously. But if you try for a million and then make way less, you try ten times, then you might actually end up closer to that hundred or maybe even more, and then you exceeded what your original goal was, you know, which I was like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. There's more to 100%. it than that. Yeah. Yeah. I but feel that's like kind it of makes me go back to my kid hopefulness. Cause when we we're kids, we're hopeful and we have big dreams. Uh-huh. And I used to always have that mindset when I was a kid, and then somewhere in adulthood with um you know bad things that happen to you you start yeah. to shrink and so it was kind of like opening that childhood imagination and belief in life yeah <laughs> i do not uh i still do but like also have the same kind of ambitions i did as a kid i think that's what's weird about like adults not to and whatever like i understand people have families and jobs or whatever but like i always think about like when you ask people, and there's nothing wrong with, like I said, nothing wrong with this, but like just for me, as someone who's living and for you, for people that were pursuing our dreams still, you know, even, you know, Elizabeth is a mom and a wife and all those good things. Like, um, it's like if you ask people what they wanted to do when they were a kid versus what they're doing now, like most people, it's nowhere near what they wanted to do when they were younger, right? I think it's also cool, though, with that. I feel like people, not everyone, but a lot of people, because I talk to these people, like they go to school and they go to college and they put all this money into a degree Mm -hmm. and then they feel like and maybe maybe they do a job and that job satisfies them for like two years. But then it starts to not satisfy them. And they're like, well, this is what I always want to do. I should be so happy. And I'm like, well, it satisfied you for like two years and now it doesn't. So yeah. find something else. And so I yep. feel like it's also like this fluid thing where I always said, like, I want to be an actor. But if I one day change my mind and I'm like, I want to be a director, then I'm like, I'll be a director. If I, right. one day I just want to make TikTok videos. And, you know, I never said that. But like, you know, if that <laughs> gave me pure satisfa- satisfaction only, like, sure, I do that. It doesn't. But, you know, like 
it's like but it's one of those like little facets of yeah just being fluid and accepting if you your goals do change because i think a lot of people get stuck just because they won't change right their goals yeah yeah 100 percent. who is it who is the third person um i'd say jim carrey for sure i grew up with jim carrey and i feel like very crazy like him and very free um he kind of i mean but he definitely has like his on stage persona and then his like you know home life persona right and he kind of came more into that as an adult um as far as like the flip-flop it was nice seeing him in sonic because in sonic the hedgehog the remake uh, oh that's i forgot forgot he was in that i didn't watch it i'm gonna be honest bad guy he's the only reason it's a good movie uh (laughs) because it just it takes you back it's like nostalgic for people like my age and just that grew up on the Jim Carrey craziness. Right. So I don't know. I guess he always says wise things. There's always some good quotes, but he, he, he is great for quotes now. Like he's become like a very good, like he'll say, like, he's the one that says, uh, you could, I don't this, and I might be misquoting, but like the gist is you can fail at anything. So why not fail doing what you love? And I'm like, Yeah. yeah. I, I get that 100 um, percent. I also actually you might have too. Do you, uh, do you well, I don't know how I can word this without um, there was a person that I used to work with. That's probably how we met initially. And he was dating Jim Carrey's daughter. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> um, and she would come to our show sometimes and tell me I was funny. And I'm like, wow, Jim Carrey's daughter thinks I'm funny like she's seen it all you know what I mean yeah that's and that quite, was that's quite the compliment I thought like, so too I would like think about that in my dark day that should be in like your mantra like Jim Carrey's daughter thinks I'm yeah funny. like just a reminder yeah like I just like it was and you know I was still you know a, you know a few years I mean I'm still early in my career in relation to like some people like I've only been doing stand-up for eight years um you know, you got people like Joe Rogan that's been doing it for like 30 years and Seinfeld doing like 40. You know what I mean? It's like I'm still such a baby when it comes to like how that works. But to hear that, like you're like, oh, yeah, OK, I'm doing something right. Like, that's cool. You know, um, let's see. What are some what are some resources that have helped you along your journey? Um, a hundred percent. My acting coach, Shannon Sturges. Oh, okay. The, well, the Spicer Sturges acting school. So yeah. also Aaron Spicer. Aaron Spicer. Both of them just like. La Cienega. Yeah. La Cienega both of our days. Mm-hmm. Um, I always think of proud family whenever I'm on that street. <laughs> of what? Proud family from Disney. <laughs> oh, I've never seen that. See, it's like a cartoon show, and the, one of the girls in the show, her name was La Cienega Boulevardes. Hilarious. <laughs> I, so funny from like a Midwesterner, and then I like rolled up to LA, and I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> um, but yeah, they because that was like my first acting school when I moved out here. Okay, I had so many life lessons from them, and then also like whenever just like needed help it's like those are the people they were like my family and everyone in the studio is like those people are my family is there a is it like scene study or is it like meisner is it what kind of like what's the method at that that's that one that's one of the few schools that i actually never took classes at i've been to a lot of them yeah sometime uh they 
it's primarily based off of Uta Hagen, okay. but it's kind of Aaron's take. And in, so it, we like we would read that book like they would give you a copy when you signed up, and they'd suggest reading it because a lot uh-huh. of it went through there. But it was like Aaron's spin on it, so it was like Spizerian. <laughs> He kind of created his own thing, but it's more into that. But yeah, scene study. So was it was it technique? It's Uta Hagen. So wasn't she? Wasn't she like? Uh, weren't they all kind of uh, descendants of like Chekhov, right? Like it was know. like I'm not too I, much known in the theory, but I think you're it, right. It was like like Chekhov came, and then like Stella Adler, Lee Strasberg, like all these people studied with them. And then it kind of had a trickle down and then everybody kind of started taking their own little like interpretations and, yeah. you know, kind of like religion yeah. <laughs> <laughs> starts here. And then, then there's like 27 different thousand types of Christianity. You're like, okay, I don't know which who's right anymore. <laughs> similar, right? That sounds, that sounds pretty similar. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So cool. <laughs> That's uh. so I always see this like uh especially like during award season when like actors uh, win their awards, casting people always get mad <laughs> that they don't get any props and like, cause it's usually like the agent, the manager, blah, blah, blah. And like, but also like very rarely does the acting teacher get like a shout out in those speeches. It's always like, like I yeah. said, the manager, the agent, the producers, blah, 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 you know, the wife, God, but the acting teachers and the casting directors do not get a lot of love in the award speeches. I know. And they're kind of like the, the gatekeepers. I, I would think so. You know, the, the acting coaches are the gatekeepers to, to your talent and using your instrument in the right way. And then the casting directors, are the gatekeepers of getting the job, like, yeah, like to, the get, casting director casting directors have to believe in you because that's how you get into it. It's like they come, I've done some casting director workshops of just like, it wasn't a workshop. It was like a Q&A type. It's okay, Elizabeth. You can admit that you got suckered into doing a casting workshop. They were all free. I did not <laughs> audition for anything. It was like a Q&A type thing. Okay. And um, But I did a few, like I watched a few from Connections over quarantine. And it was like kind of hearing them talk of just saying like, basically they see something in you. And they're rooting for you to succeed. And that's right. why they keep bringing you in. So it's like they kind of scout and see a talent. So it's like, yeah, they should get a little more props. Right. Um, so really quick, like uh, I was joking with Elizabeth because uh, it's been a couple of years now. But like in L.A., for anyone that has dreams of coming to L.A., first of all, uh, wait till the pandemic is completely over before you come out because it's not quite worth it right now. That's why Elizabeth and I are both elsewhere at the moment um but you know as an actor any really anyone in the entertainment industry but more specifically like actors there's just so many things that like you actually do need in order to like establish yourself like you're going to need good headshots and that's a whole thing because they're not cheap and then sometimes you get them and then your agent's like oh actually we need more and you're like well i don't have any money so you're gonna have to fucking use these man you know there's that (laughs) And then there's like, okay, well, now we need you to upload, you know, skill clips. Or now we need you to go to, and there, a big thing was these casting director workshops. And they were going on for like a few years where like, you know, people that cast, 
you know, CSI or Law and Order or whatever, like they would hold these workshops and it was a chance for you to show them what you have because maybe they hadn't brought you into audition, but you would have to pay for them, right? Mm -hmm. In the hopes that maybe you would do a good job and maybe they would call you in and you would hear these stories like, yeah, so-and-so read for, you know, like I said, I don't know, CSI, who's the fucking person? I don't know, some, I anyway. Yeah, I know, I'm, I'm like so out of it right think? now. I don't know. Yeah, I know, right? And uh, so there was these things. So you were like, oh, well, maybe I could be that person. And then like at one point, I don't know how it went down, but it all came crashing down. And all these casting directors got like outed for like taking all this money from all these poor aspiring actors and not giving them anything. And so now it's like, kind of like a taboo like a casting workshop like don't do it because I went to a lot of those and it, it didn't yeah. I know because yeah. I mean because that was a thing like, who, like I had a friend who looked out for me in the beginning and she goes I've done casting director workshops don't do them They're yeah I mean it was weird because like they would give you like their email address like yeah keep in touch if you get anything if you book something let me know and, you know, send me a postcard kind of thing. And you're just like, you would leave these thinking like, oh man, like I'm going to be on this person's show and it never fucking happened. <laughs> Everything I booked had nothing to do with me being at a casting workshop. So it's like, now I will say this, uh, this isn't a casting workshop, but a lot of times like managers or agents would do like a similar type of thing. And those would lead to some people getting representation. So, yeah, you know. that was like kind of a cattle call, I guess, for looking for new representation. Yeah. Because so, they were really looking. The right. Other, the casting workshops were more like they were just kind of taking money from pretty little babies. <laughs> Me, I was a pretty little baby. Pretty little baby. Put a lot of money into those things. <laughs> um, now I just follow them on Twitter. I'll, like if I'm watching something I feel like I'll I should be on figure out who casts it see if they're on Twitter and then you know every once in a while I'll respond to a tweet or something maybe include a link sometimes like that's how I do it now I don't care it is what it is okay. yeah it's better than nothing right yeah um uh, oh let me give you let me give you a good one uh, what is one thing you wish you had known when you began your career I know. Um, I didn't write these. <laughs> oh, how important networking was. Oh yeah. my gosh. I feel like such a wasted person because I am so likable and people like me. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't like know because I, I, I don't know. I was raised by poor Midwesterners who told me never to ask for anything yeah. and in this industry you have to ask because and you have you to do. tell what you're looking for or else no one's going to know how to help you and so basically I spent years in this business with so many people who liked me and if I would have asked them for things they probably would have been so happy to because I yeah. was a nice person and I was you know talented and so I feel like I missed out on a lot of years not realizing I was networking until somebody like pointed uh, my acting coach pointed it out like Aaron, Aaron was like um why don't you have like these things and I'm like 
I don't know. He's like, well, you talk to these people. Why don't you reach out and like do and like saying like, and I was like, well, I do those things. He's like, yes, you should be very good at networking. You talk all the time and people like it when you talk. And I just didn't get that that was all part of it. And so I was doing it, but I didn't do it in any sort of beneficial way to me. Right. Uh, I got. I, I, I'm the same way. Like for me, I think like uh, mine comes from like, you know, like we all have our comics specifically. I mean, probably actors too, everybody. We all have our insecurities, right? And so part of it is just like, you feel like almost like your imposter syndrome, you know, and you don't quite know um, and you don't want to be like that person and whatever. And, but I actually read a book from, uh, I read a few of her books, but I'm pretty sure it's the book, uh, You Are a Badass. Have you ever read that book? That's my book. That one like clicked it all for me. Well, she talks about that. Like she talks about asking for things because like the way I saw it after, I mean, it took me a while to realize this too, but like, I'm not going to ask for things all the time, but there are things like that as a comic or whatever, like relationships that I've made that I could say like, Hey, like, do you need an opener or whatever? Like, and it, because if you don't ask, you you might not get it. Like they might not just they might just not know that you are willing to open for them or whatever, you know. So if you ask, they're like, oh yeah, sure, yeah, that's cool. You know, I mean, there is a fine line between asking too much and only asking and maybe not giving because there's that too. You know, you got to give yeah. things to people. Um, so, but that was that was the book that made me really like, oh yeah, I can. I can ask people for these things that I would like. And, you know, the worst they could say is no, but like, you know, most, a lot of times they're like, yeah, sure. So I agree with you. That's a, that's a good thing. And networking is like, there's like, the thing is, is like as being in LA and, and I'm sorry if you guys don't live in LA, which a lot of you probably don't, but like, this could probably translate to any like business, I'm sure. But like, there's like networking where like you're, you're actually, you know, like you and I, like we've known each other for a while and, you know, this is networking and out after the show or whatever. Like, I remember you came, you came to one of my shows. You weren't even on it. You just came. Because uh, you were recording. Like, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Thank you. <laughs> you said uh, you're special. I was like, yeah, oh, that's right. this is important. I have yeah. to go to that. <laughs> so it's like stuff like that. But then there's like networking, like just being there and like, I don't know, like not really purposeful networking. And that could be like a waste of time. So I think purposeful networking is Mm -hmm. better. Like not just being at a place and calling that networking or getting trashed at a bar that other people are there. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's Hollywood lifestyle networking, right? That's what I'm saying. So that, and that's why I was like, I prefaced it with like, if you don't live in LA, this probably, but you know, like, I think so, yeah, yeah, I think you're right though. I think it still applies because like uh, working in the nine to five sector, it's like you still yeah. the same type thing. It's yeah, it's in every industry. Um, okay, buddy. Uh, what can we look forward to over the so this will probably come out in the future. So um, <laughs> if you have anything coming up within the next couple months that is exciting that people should know about. Um, I make videos on YouTube. I make longer sketches, which not as many people, they sleep on. I'm telling you, you get the whole cute 15 to 30 second glimpses of my life, right. but 
the real specialness is in the YouTube where I put sketches. I just released a uh, wrestling sketch. So for those of who don't know, you go to the comedy sketch little playlist of my thing. Uh-huh. And I wrestled the invisible man. And so Hilarious. <laughs> it's like Nacho Libre. Were, it's weren't so you, uh, you just reminded me, weren't you doing wow for a second? Yeah, I, I got it right before the pandemic hit. So they asked oh. me at the end of October. So I trained from November to the end of February. What was that like? Oh, it was crazy fun. It was like the best exercise I'd ever done in my life. Like every muscle I could, I was like, do I have 10 abs underneath <laughs> all of this blubber? I'm just saying it is, it is. St-. And then the neck muscles, these neck muscles, I was like, oh my gosh, they're so beautiful. Like it was just, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. So you, guys were re- you guys were learning how to wrestle, obviously, Yeah. like learning the stunts had, and everything. Yeah, none of us had known. Like, uh-huh. yeah, most of us, none of us had any sort of prior training. <laughs> and then were you guys doing like fitness as well or just no, like learning how to that. wrestle? Okay. Yeah. Which that was it. I mean, you, you'd have the warm up and stuff, but that doesn't constitute anything. Right. Doing okay. like those, those flips and the rolls and like yeah. all do all, jump all the bumps oh you're jumping God. off like a top rope at all anything like that well we did the <laughs> monkey what's that one called i love wrestling <laughs> see that's the thing i wasn't like super i would a, a monkey flip that's what it was because somebody's uh-huh. on the rope and then the other person goes and they flip through them and they get the sh- on the shoulders and then they flip them over or something like that i would uh-huh. explain things to my husband and he would like tell me the right, right, right. wrestling jargon because i wasn't as uh, savvy i i was like studying i had to use my smarts for that <laughs> did you have a finishing move i did not i was not that far in the the game ah. i know okay I need to create something really cool. Yeah. yeah, it was it was so much fun. I really do like obviously because then I went and threw myself around in a ring and I was told by David McLean. He was like, you've got some of the best bumps I've ever seen. Oh, OK. There you like, go. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh... So might, might you pursue some wrestling later, like a special guest on on Raw or something? Yeah, I think that'd be cool. I th- I would. I don't think I would do it as I was glad. Kind of, it was silver lining. Pandemic hit because I, it was kind of tearing so much time out of my day. Because yeah, I bet. two hours a day, plus travel to Long Beach and back. You know, so right. I was spending four hours out of my day, and um, still was trying to do everything else with acting. And I was making TikToks at that point too, and it was just like a lot. And um, I was glad that it kind of took it away for me because I, I don't know if it was the best use of my time. I think it was a really great use, but I don't know if it was the very best use of my time. I got it. Okay. Fair Maybe enough. Special guest star, but definitely I'm not going to be a wrestling <laughs> champion. Okay. <laughs> not with that attitude. No. no. <laughs> uh, okay. Tell everybody uh, where they can find you, Elizabeth. Uh, you can find me Elizabeth Weikert, Elizabeth with an S, Weikert, W-Y-K-E-R-T. I am the only Elizabeth Weikert in the United States, quite possibly the world. So if yeah, you maybe. spell it right, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. I'm on all of them. Okay. Snapchat. And, and it's all the same, the same, the same name. Perfect. Yeah. Make it easy. That's same thing. Like I was, I was not the only one with my name, but then my dad died so now i am the only one so it's just me you guys just me peter sirs um 
Cool. So, dude, thank you so much for being on. I'm so excited. Like I said, by the time this airs, you might be like, I mean, you will be even huger and they'll be like, oh my God, they got Elizabeth Weikert on the podcast. So this has been exciting for me. Uh, we're going to definitely do a show or two while we're still both out here within driving distance from each other. Um, and uh, this has been great, man. I'll Don't hang up. I'm going to end this, but just stay on for a second. Um, you guys, this has been the Performa Popcast. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you guys next time.